And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Michael Suarez, teacher, writer, and professional dream interpreter whose mission is to get the word out about the purpose and power of dreams and dream interpretation. Michael, thank you for joining us today and welcome. Thanks for having me, Jeff. It's an honor. Michael, how did you become interested in dreams in the first place? That's an interesting story. I'm glad that you asked me that question because it's something I sometimes forget to talk about. And it's important and very profound. When I was a child, my mother gave me this book. And this is called Joseph and the Code of Many Colors. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, a, it's, a, it's a book for little kids. And for people who know the story of Joseph in the Bible, Joseph's dreams changed his life, right? From when he was a young boy to when he was uh, in Egypt, and then it ends up saving the world. Now, it's interesting because I read that book. It was one of the books, like almost like a toy that you play with over and over and over. And I still didn't realize when I started writing my own book on dreams that I had almost inherited the belief. From this little, from this book that I read as a kid. In other words, I read this book hundreds of times as a kid about someone who was able to interpret dreams. And then I found myself as an adult able to do it. So is there a purpose to dreams? The two are actually not separate. I'm going to prove this to you. By the way, my first book is called The Purpose and Power of Dreams, which I prove both of those things. And then the subtitle is Learning About Ourselves by Dream Interpretation. What I'm going to show you today is that when we have a dream, it is an emotional processing, energy and motion inside our being. Typically, for most people, it's stress. It can be excitement. And it it appears first in your body, and in other words, in your thoughts. And then when you sleep, it gets translated into symbology, which is the language of dreams. So I've I'll answer this as well. I've interpreted hundreds of dreams. I've never come across come across a dream that was not meaningful. Some people will have such an emotional response to their dreams that they'll even cry from them. Why is that? So I have clients who I have met with. Um, and while we were doing their dream, while I was interpreting it, they started to cry. And then I started to notice this was a pattern. So most recently only, though, I started to... I actually had to start warning people before I do their dream interpretation. I like to make things clear. Number one, your dreams are going to tell me your business, your secrets. Two, your dreams are going to go to the inner part of what's going on with you and reveal it. And I think what happens is um, people take these, these are such inner private thoughts that when they connect to that, it's like being confronted with the truth that's deep inside of them. I'm talking all sorts of things. People who are thinking about cheating on their partners, people who are addicted to pornography, and the dream calls it out. So they're like, whoa, this is so intense, right? That like my inner self is being revealed. I think they even get the sense of their spirit, right? That eternality sense. But minimum, it's the depth that's going on inside of them that they recognize um, is typically why I've seen them like tear up. I do you have your own symbolic lists of what dreams mean or does a person create their own symbols? So it's more like language. And and let me be clear, it is a language, Um, but it's like verbal language in this. We have words that we share in common, but at the same time, people have different spins uh, or different ways that they use the word. Your dream language is exactly the same way. The one thing that I'll be showing you is your dreaming mind is way, way, way smarter than you. Your dreaming mind is a genius. This is why when we get up in the morning, we're like, whoa, what did that mean? Because a genius is talking to you in the language of imagination. And we, we in our conscious minds, we're just not that smart. Hmm. Comparatively. Can you give us an example? Yeah, sure. So one of my favorite examples is a nice, simple dream. It's very classic, which is, I call it the maze dream. All right, classic one. So here, let's go through it. So I was running through a maze. I had to pee really badly. I found doors, which I opened, thinking they were going to lead to a restroom. But they all led to brick walls. (laughs) That's a nice, classic dream 
that someone would be like, what is that about? Okay. So I'm going to show you the two elements where this will become crystal clear. The first part is the symbology. And again, notice that once I tell you this, you know it. The second part will be application where we, where, where this is where the, where the real dream detective work comes in, where I apply it to the life of the dreamer and we see clearly what's going on with them. So we say, I was running. That's the first symbol. What does that tell you? Anybody tells you that that's sort of like urgency, that there's a stress going on, right? Because we're running, uh, um, a sense of urgency and looking. Now, it's combined with a maze. What is a maze? A maze perfectly mm, represents um, confusion about direction, right? We can see that as soon as we say it, oh, of course, it's a maze. It's confusing about direction. So now this person in a, being confused about direction and they're feeling urgent. This sense of urgency is going to get really strengthened here. I had to pee really bad, right? That's urgency. Now, again, I want to stress one of the one things we'll talk about is how ingenious your mind is. This is about as perfect a symbol for urgency as I've ever heard in my life. Right? So they had to pee. They were looking for doors, which they opened thinking it was a restroom. Now, you're going to notice that this is literally what they're looking for in their life. They're looking for room to rest, okay, from this stress, all right? Now, what's happening is they're going and they're running around the maze and they open these doors and they lead to brick walls. The brick walls are clearly disappointment. Now, that said, this, I, I've, I've uh, explained to people that this is going to become most clear when you see the life of the dreamer. Because up to this point, you're like, okay, kind of makes sense. When you see the life of the dreamer, no more questions. This dreamer was a, an EM, or actually a person who had recently lost their job. After having the same job for 20 years, they lost their job. And they did not know what to do. They did not know which way to go with their life now, right? So when, you, when we know this, notice what was happening. She's running through a maze. She's confused about the direction of her life. Which way is she going to go next? She's scared about it. Like, I need money, right? I need to take care of myself. So she needs to pee really badly, meaning she's looking for rest from the stress, right? Now... It gets even deeper. It's so wonderful, the symbology. So she was doing, uh, applying for jobs, doing interviews, but they weren't leading anywhere. Can you see that? So she keeps going to the doors, thinking they're going to be a, um, lead to an opportunity to rest, but they all lead to brick walls, which means that they, the, the thing she was pursuing did not lead anywhere. In fact, because everything counts in dreams, every single detail. In fact, what she was feeling was the cold, harsh reality that's represented by if you went to open something and suddenly a brick wall's there in your face. So that would be a one, one example. Would you classify this as a certain type of dream? I only really have two types of classifications that I normally talk about. One is what I would call the cathartic dreams or emotional dreams. This is an example of that. You can see the person is going through their life. They have all these emotions going on. They translate it into a, into a dream or their subconscious mind. Because again, we, we can never forget how mysterious this is. I Now this person, right? The dreamer had the dream, but they don't know what it means. The other type of dream that I often talk about, uh, which is a much smaller percentage, are supernatural dreams. So I've also interpreted dreams where like, my mom had a dream that someone passed away, and then a day or two later, that person passed away. And I've experienced that several times. But those, from what I've experienced, are a very small amount of people that come to me. I was going to ask you about that, because sometimes people will report that they see deceased people on the other side. And I believe that there are more of a real connection dream, because they'll see the person in their prime, not at the age that they transitioned yeah uh, my mom actually had that about her mom after she passed she had a dream where my grandmother was young and walking through like a, a garden and she said it was like so intense and so real interestingly i also had a dream about my grandmother which was one of the things that changed my life uh where she took off her glasses and was like i need which means oh my son what are you doing 
that's when I was in my age when I was wiling out. Um, but she, for me, was was in was older, but she was glowing. And um, yeah, that dream really made me question myself. And he, but even in those dreams, for example, in that dream, she I always remember because she had glasses just like this on, and. I was sitting and I had all these cut up pictures in front of me, like pornography and drugs. And she went and she took off her, um, her glasses and kind of rubbed them like she used to in real life, you know? And then she, and then she put them back on and she was like, I niño, que tu haces? This, I recognized, although a spiritual message, at the same time, I recognized the symbology of doing things like taking off her glasses and, and wiping them, which would be a clear symbol for wanting to see better which is what I believe she wanted for me, for me to take a look, literally look at what I was doing in my life. So I still have found that the symbology overlaps. But do you believe that you were really connecting with her on the other side? Yes, yes. As I've come to, I'm a big, the way I came across your channel is, besides, uh, I, you know, I study a lot of scripture, a lot of, a lot of other things. I'm a big student of NDEs. And that's actually how I, like I said, how I came across your channel. And the more I think, you know, I, I highly suggest that people studying NDEs because I think it helps change your perspective, helps, helps solidify the spiritual paradigm. And I think the more I've experienced that, the more sure I've become like, yes, I was actually seeing my grandmother, plus all the hundreds of dreams that I've done. Because um, I was 18 when I had that dream. Some people will report that they don't dream. Is it because they just don't remember them or are they really not dreaming? When I did research on this uh, subject, it was clear from every person they've ever done you know, studies on that the person is dreaming but not remembering. Because they, they took people who said they never dream and then they measured them having REM. And there are also plenty of things that people do. Um, like I've known people who, which are certain habits that people have, for example, before bed, which will, which will impede their dreaming. I read a government report about the Monroe Institute. I don't know if you're aware of that, but in the report, somebody stated that when we're in REM state, we're not dreaming. We're actually astral traveling. Do you know anything about that? I mean, I know the concept, but I, I'm not too familiar with it from my work on dreams. Well, can you give us another example of your dream interpretation? Yeah, I'm going to show you another example, which this one is wonderful because it's so weird, right? I love the weirdness of dreams. And this was presented on Instagram. The person actually posted this. I didn't, I didn't know them personally. And they said, people say that dreams can be interpreted but what about this? And then they posted their dream. And me being a dream detective, it's like, you're tempting me. So I went and looked at it. Now, sometimes when I'm interpreting, I, especially for longer dreams, I'll need to meditate on it and, and sort of decode it. Um, it's going to take me a little bit while. This one I knew immediately. This is what I mean where, and I have to warn people, dreams tell your secrets. You'll see that here. So... This dream was pretty short. I call this the riding a killer whale dream. So the dream is I was riding a killer whale while my partner was yelling at me about something burning on the stove while his head turned into a bull. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah, and it seems like this would be nonsense. Now, what I'm going to show you is it's not at all. Now, I'll say something again, because this is most confirmed when you see the dreamer. The dreamer is a, a very confident woman, right? She has a fairly large um, um, following. She, she calls herself or refers to herself as a witch, uh, maybe a little bit of a feminist, right? So there's a strength there to her personality. This is what you're going to see here. So first thing is, I was riding. So this is about the position that she's in, right? We're in a position, we're riding. What is she riding on? She's riding on a killer whale. How would you feel if you were riding on a killer whale? I bet you feel pretty powerful. So this first thing is she's riding. She's in a position of power. This position of power has danger to it. That's why it's a killer whale. Nothing is an accident. That means the position she's in can cause harm. But can cause harm to what? This is when it gets revealed 
that this is about her relationship with her partner. There is literally grammar to this while, while, which tells me that the whole, oops, the whole thing is connected, right? This is what, these are not accidents, right? They're telling you this is one thing. So this is about the per, their relationship with their partner. Now watch it unfold. So they're in this position where it's, a, again, a great power. Their partner is yelling at them, almost complaining about what? About something burning on the stove. No, this is what I love about this. I don't have to convince you what something on the stove means. I just ask you. When you, <laughs> Jeff, have uh, had something burn on the stove, what's happening? You're not paying attention. You're neglecting it, right? You're being careless. So here, this burning on the stove, we can think of as neglect, right? Or carelessness in the relationship. Now, if you don't believe me yet, wait till we get to the end. While his head turned into a bull. Now, this <laughs> means that as he's complaining about her neglecting the relationship, she thinks he's being stubborn, right? Or bullheaded. Yeah? So when you take the whole thing, you see that this is a, um, a dream about the state of her relationship. And even the comments and the struggles that are going on with it, where she's working, she's popular, she feels in that power, but her, her partner feels that like the thing that they are cooking together, the thing that they are making together is being burnt, is being hurt, is being neglected. And she in turn think is, is, is finding him to be uh, stubborn about it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes complete sense. I mean, it's, you make it like it's almost obvious. Well, I mean, it's fun for that way for me. That's why I call myself a dream detective because I've been doing this for a while and I've done hundreds. So I don't even, some, and, and here's actually what I like to say. I'm not the one interpreting. I think that's important. I, when, when sometimes people give me really big dreams, like pages and pages, well, not pages, but really long ones. And I'll look at it and I'll be like, oh my gosh, how am I going to know what this means? And I've learned to have complete confidence in this ability. It will, it will, it, it doesn't matter if I, however I feel at the beginning. As long as I look and I ask myself inside, like, what does that mean? It unfolds. In your book, do you have a dictionary of what symbols mean? Like, you know, like you just said, writing or a killer whale. I, I don't have a dictionary. Um, I approach it more like, I'm teaching people to recognize the language because the reason why I don't have a dictionary and even though I have thought about making cards and stuff with it is because the scope of dream symbology is so vast. It's like our regular, it's like our language. It's so vast. Um, you know, it's surprising that in hundreds of dreams, a lot of symbols don't come up over and over again, but actually are like popping out new. So at this point I wouldn't even know which, um, symbols to include because there are so many of them but again i do make it a point in my dreams like in my newest dream dream detective i go over seven dreams that are the most some of them seven of the most amazing i've ever found and then i go point by point right i invite the dreamer to do it first right because this this is what i'm talking about can be learned by anyone because we are all dreamers mm -hmm. and then i go point by point doing the breakdown and trying to teach them to get into contact with their intuition. Because here's the gift, of, here's, here's I, I always thought about like, how would you teach somebody intuition? One way you could do it is you'd simply say, hey, what's the first thing that comes to mind with a killer whale? Or what's the first thing that comes to mind with something burning, right? And the person will be, well, they'll think about it a little bit or amazed like we did earlier. And they'll be like, usually they'll, they'll say something kind of in the ballpark. Like, oh, amazed would be like, um, not knowing where you're going. And then we'll just, we'll, we'll, again, build it from there. Now, this killer whale dream was something that you pulled off Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. Did you... Somebody sent it to me, actually. They were uh, like, hey, Michael. I was hoping that you gave your interpretation to this person, and I was curious what her response was. I did send it to her. I had, and this is the only time I've never heard from heard from someone people are usually like oh my gosh like they can't believe it um she would i was surprised i didn't hear back from her i said hey here here's your here's your dream um and literally 
I, I mean, I maybe I've done 500 dreams. That's the only one where a person has never um, given given me feedback. Which I will say this. I mean, they posted it and they kind of as a challenge, like, hey, but if her relationship is really reflecting this, I could see maybe why she wouldn't want to go into it. Because again, mm -hmm. these things get very, very personal. There are some dreams that many people share, like your teeth falling out. What does that mean? So your teeth falling out. Now notice again, we, would, we, we can discover this by brainstorming. So we're like, if my teeth fell out, what would happen? This is, this is how rooted uh, it is. So we would be like, well, one thing would be I couldn't talk, right? So, so dreams where you fall out is like you're losing confidence in your ability to speak up. It also can mean not being able to feel happy because if you don't have teeth, you can't smile. I graduated from college probably getting close to 30 years ago. But every now and then I'll have a dream like I'm still in college and I'm unable to graduate. What does that mean? So that means that you feel that you're still in a place in your life where you're learning. Now, the inability to graduate means that you feel you have not learned everything that you have learned, that you're supposed to learn, or maybe to be more exact, if you feel like I'm never graduating, it, there's this idea of you feel, uh, how would we explain it? You feel like, well, the simplest way to put it is you feel like there's more for you to learn and that you haven't learned what is sufficient for you to progress to a new state. Do you think that our dreams are created for us to take notice purposely so we can help ourselves? Absolutely. For me, there's no question about that. Um, I'll give you this quick example. The person who did the maze dream, they also had, this is a regular client of mine, they also had a very deep dream that's long I can't go into. But in the dream, they were, they had little mice inside their house burrowing under the carpet, and they had a, a body that was covered in bugs, okay? This was because this person who was an EMT, she always let things stress her out. She let things bug her. Right. She let things get under her skin. Right. And that's why the little mice were burrowing, burrowing under the carpet. Now. At the end of the dream, um, she, she goes and she keeps seeing these things in the apartment and she keeps going to her dead mom's bedroom. And she's like, we got to get out of here. She says she doesn't know who she's talking to, which is normal. She's like, we got to get out of here. And she keeps saying that. Right. And then the whoever's in there says to her turns and says, wait a minute, I need to meditate. This is one example of an incredibly powerful dream where the first part of what she's dreaming is about how stress is killing her. That's literally what it's about. One of the, one of the scenes is there's a body in the bathtub and it's covered by bugs. That means that she's not letting the things that are the stresses be washed off. She's not getting cleansed of them. Instead, they're killing her. When she goes to the to the to the uh, house, to the room, the the higher part of herself says, "You need to meditate." Right? That is one example. It's not the only one. There's tons of examples that I'm seeing, and I don't know if this is something that's happening more now. Because when I when I first started doing it, I just used to do, "Oh, here's what it means." Then the more I started doing it, the more I started seeing, "Wow, there's a specific message for you here." And now I'd say that's the standard where the person sees, um, can see the message and I can too. And I think that's part of what, going back to why people sometimes tear up or get, or get emotional. Do you recommend for everybody to keep a, a dream journal? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let us consider for a moment what we are doing with dreams. And then see, like, well, why should I keep a dream journal? Why should I try? We are getting messages from our own deep unconscious mind. People can say what they want. But when you, the you that you regard yourself as, go to sleep, you are unconscious. There's a whole nother world going on, right? 
that's translating the things that you are stressed about. I, um, I'm gonna, I'll talk about this here and I'll give you this example of, of why we can interpret our, why it's good to interpret our dreams. So I've worked with a lot of, I work on a mental health hotline um, and I've worked with a lot of therapists, right? One of the things I realized was your dreams will, can tell you what's going on in your life, even if you're the type of person who's disconnected from your feelings. So in other words, a therapist, if, if you just tell them your dream, they can tell you what's going on in your life. I'm going to use this example here. It's one, of, one of the deepest things that ever happened to me. A friend of mine called me and she said, Michael, over the last few months, I keep having dreams about going home. Right? And I was like, okay. She was like, you know, I keep going back to my childhood home where I live. And I said, in, if, if you were to describe the feeling that you, that you have in one word, what would it be? And she was like, safety. Like, or, or I asked her actually, if you had one word that you associated with that house. And she said, safety. And right there, I knew what, her, what was going on in, with her. She did not feel safe. And so in her inner being, she was continually trying to go back and return to this state. Now, notice, as I was saying earlier, if the person isn't aware of it or if they're not a great communicator, just knowing that as a therapist can help them connect to something very deep to, to what's really going on inside of them. And even you can now know what, what steps to deal with consciously. I had a very deep experience with, uh, with, this, with, with this dream where I was typing it up. I always, when someone uh, gives me a dream, I interpret it, I, I usually write it, and then I always type it up and send it to them. One day I was typing up my friend Ashley's dreams, which is a going home dream, and we'll mention this thing about Francine, but she was, she, she was telling me about it, so I started writing it. And it was right here. While I was writing it, all of a sudden something happened to me. Now, in her dream, she was on a road, and she, she was with her she was with her family in a car, and there were these horses, these black horses that were walking, that were like trotting in front of her, and they were like, "Don't harm the horses." This was a reflection, and they were trying to get home. This was a reflection of her family. The the, the horses being black is because it's a maudlin subject, because her father had passed away. So. As I'm over here typing it up, I, this, and this has not happened to me before or after, I saw that her dream opened up to me like it was a vision, and the whole thing rushed into me. Like that's what, it, uh, that's what the experience I had. It rushed into me. And when it did, I started bawling. And like I actually started hyperventilating. Like I was like, <gasps> and it took me a few, and I, I actually got up and pushed away and, and, and got up and just moved because uh, it just freaked me out for a second. It was so strong. And now I realize, and it's taught me a lot, that what happened was I entered into her feeling, right? Like I entered into her, I entered into what she was feeling, which is what showed me that she, um, when we dream, we are putting into picture form what would take us a whole bunch of words. So if I said to you like, oh, my dog died and I'm explaining it, you have to tr translate that through your ear into your brain. If I just show you a picture of me and my dog, right, then it speaks a, a thousand words. This actually also, and this is a deep subject, but just as a footnote, this actually showed me that our original language is not words. That's what the Tower of Babel is all about. Our original language is imagination. That's why everybody who goes to the NDE realm, they speak without words. When we came here, God was like, we're going to confound their language, which means we no longer communicate that way with like through those images, which is perfect. But instead, we use words which are hard for us to uh, hard to communicate with. Quite often, I will dream of people I have never even met, or at least I don't recall meeting them. What does that mean? I would relate that to when people tell me that, oh, I had this dream about somebody and I couldn't see their face, right? That comes up a lot. I've seen Jesus in my dreams and I didn't see his face. The thing that was taught, that was taught to me was, meaning, and I mean by my inner being, was 
We know each other by energy, not by face. And in the spirit realm, that's what's happening. This is an energy that you know, even though you don't know the uh, you don't know them in the identity sense. So, are you saying it's still somebody that I do know, or it's somebody that I knew from a previous life or something? I would tend to think of it as it's in. So, let's say you're you're like, oh, I saw this celebrity, right? I'm saying somebody I've never met before. I don't even know who these people are. So, I would identify them according to the type of energy, um, but I'm not. Sh- Sure. Beyond beyond that, like how they, they make their appearance, but when we when we can't identify them, I have had tons of dreams where people are mentioning that, and that's what it seems to be. It's representing the type of energy. Um, that's why, also, for example, people can substitute in someone and say, like, oh, they look like this person, but they were this other one. Because again, it's ultimately about the energy. You mentioned celebrities, and I'm sure that. There are celebrities out there where millions of people dream about them. Do you think the celebrity themselves ever feel the effect of those people dreaming about them? I would say yes, because I have someone who I was been recently working on who has a really some unique abilities when it comes to both her dreams and also how she meditates. Like she uses this language consciously, which is which is uh um, very strange, but I've been studying her and we've been talking a lot. And one of the things that I started to realize is she would dream about someone, about really a, a guy she was interested in dating. When she had the dream, um, it would be interrupted by him calling, even if they hadn't talked in months. This is so I, so then I started to get this idea like, oh, he actually is being connected even while you're dreaming. So, so that's my sense of that. You have something written on your board about Francine. Yeah. So this is another example that's very unique. This is the same person here. She had a long, intense dream, which I call her Francine dream. But this is some of the aspects of the more paranormal, right? And again, wonderful. So in the dream, she wanted to be another person, right? She said she was back in school as a little kid. And she was wishing it, like wishing, oh, I want to be another person. I want to be another person, right? Like Dorothy. And she wished so hard that she suddenly became this other person named Francine. And then while we were talking, the spirit said to me, Michael, look, look up the name Francine. And it means, besides the French, it means freed one. Right now, when I told her that she broke down because her whole thing about wanting to to be another person was about wanting to be free from herself. Right. She did not have any idea. I asked her if she knew the person named Francine. She said, no, I don't know anybody named Francine. I don't remember them. But these are examples where the dream interpretation starts to leak out into the spiritual world. It's not the only example, but one of my favorites. What are the benefits then of dream interpretation? So we can start off with the most basic ones, right? Which even the most basic, sometimes we take for granted. So the most basic is like, for example, resolving personal curiosity. Like, why am I thinking this? What's going on in my mind? Now that immediately though starts to get deeper because as you start to look into that, you're looking into your unconscious mind, your truest self. You also begin to learn the language of symbology or the language of imagination, which in turn builds your creativity and your intuition. Once you understand this, you, you understand the, how these symbols are working, you start to see them everywhere. For example, uh, dream interpretation would translate very well to cinematic language. Right when you see a when you see a movie that has a whole bunch of symbolism in it, what they are speaking to, and this can also be spiritual warfare because there's symbols and all sorts of things coming at us in the modern world. If you understand that we are symbological beings, that we're rooted in that, the deepest part of us, you start to be able to be, you become more aware and you start to filter more and you start to be aware of what's happening to you. So. I think there's actually a lot of benefits, but hopefully those are, those are just a, a few of the most, most profound. 
What is your take on lucid dreaming? I actually have a lucid dream um, in this book, which one, one of my one of my best friends. Um, I think lucid dreams are awesome. I studied them for a long time. It's not something I do much myself, but it is something I um, I've had clients come and share their lucid dreams, and they're fascinating. You know, in that in the dream I have here, it's called lucidity. The dreamer is in a car in the back seat being driven by somebody. Now that means you are totally passive. You right, you're in the back seat of a car. What would you feel? You're being driven somewhere. Um, and you don't know who the driver is. What happens is someone steps into the car and he suddenly realizes, like, oh, wait a minute, I'm dreaming. Right? When he starts dreaming, he starts trying to get out of the car, like take off the seatbelt. And, and the people in the car start fighting with him. So literally, this lays out a battle of how our awareness um, changes us. And then we try to change the circumstances, but they're not always that easy to get out of. So what is your recommendation for us to start doing? One of them is very simple and surprising. The person who I just met, my, my homeboy, John. So one of the things that people do that makes them forget their dreams is like smoke, right? Like certain, like smoking before bed, stuff like that, drinking, anything like that. I told John, and he, and actually I was interpreting for my friend John and his and his girlfriend. I told him just start having the intention that you want to remember their dreams. I can tell you, it was amazing. Like a few days later, they started calling me, like Michael, we're remembering all of our dreams. Right. Um, so that would be one thing you can do. Other things that I found are you can wake up a little bit earlier. Um, that will help putting things like putting notes, like, uh, asking yourself a, a little note, like, what did I dream? And the main thing is connecting even to, even if when it's a small piece, because what happens is you'll connect to a small piece and then people will start telling me through the dream and even their language, by the way, even their language, when they're telling me the dream is giving me the, is giving me the meaning. Right. But as, so as they start explaining it, they start remembering more pieces. But I'll, to give you what I mean about the language, because this is genius. Like this is one of my messages inside of every human being. There's a genius. That's why it's important that we're all dreamers. And this genius is constantly expressing itself. So, for example, I had a person who they had a dream about a train and the relate. It was about it was a relationship dream. And they were trying to be pure before a marriage. And while they were, when, once I told them the meaning, I was like, and by the way, it was so funny because lava was coming for them, like the lava being sexual uh, desire, the heat of it. But once they started, um, when they were explaining, they were like, oh, Michael, this makes so much sense. You know, we're, we're really focused on, on staying on track. We don't want to get derailed, right? They literally, out of their mouth, they're using all this language. Uh, that has to do with trains. They don't know that they're doing it. That's again, why I always tell people, you're gonna tell me a lot of personal information when you, um, and actually I would like to, I like to say this, there's two senses because sometimes people are like, well, maybe you shouldn't you know, know your dreams if they're telling your secrets. There's two senses in which dreams tell your secrets. First of all, they, they do tell me as the interpreter, but I am very discreet. Um, but the other thing that I find is they tell you, the dreamer, your secrets. They tell you what's really going on inside of you, what you're concerned about, whether you're aware of it or not. It seems like dreams reveal to you your problems in your life, but do they ever give you solutions? Yes. So I would, I would go back to that dream with the person who was stressed out. This person, now these were very, this is a, this literally, there's two parts to this that are very instructive. And I have other examples, but notice this. So in her dream, like I said, there were bugs all over her on one part, were bugs all over her body. The other one is there were little mice. She called them mere mice. Like instead of meerkats, they were mere mice. Uh, in the dream, she called them that. And they were burying under her carpet. These things clearly show stress like little stresses, not big stresses, right? They're little stresses that accumulate. So that's the first thing is it, it's making herself aware that when she's driving as an EMT in the busy 
madness of New York City. And she's yelling at people, get off the road, you moron, right? And all that. Those little things are affecting her, right? All together. At the end of the dream, she says, we have to get out of here, meaning I need to escape from the stress. The being who she's talking to says, no, I need to meditate. I told her, I was like, Lou, if you don't understand that that's your dream talking to you, if that's your dream saying that you need to meditate to exterminate all these inner pests, then I don't know what to tell you, sis. But that's one um, classic example. The other, uh, really quick, the one I mentioned before with the lucidity dream was, and, and I've actually had interpreted a lot of dreams that were like this, warnings. There are warnings. That dream with the person in the car, and then they become lucid, when they try to change the situation, it's not easy to get out, right? Meanwhile, in the beginning of that uh, dream, they were chilling, they were partying. They were actually smoking a joint in the back, right? Very comfortable. Once they became lucid, they wanted to escape, but it wasn't as easy. That's literally a warning that the situation you're putting yourself in, you have to be careful because it's not going to be that easy to disentangle yourself from it. You mentioned earlier about there are dream symbols for people cheating in a relationship. What are those symbols? So there was a dream called, which is one of my favorite, also one of my favorite. And this person did cry. This is a good example of that. This was called the bad kisser dream. This person in the beginning of the dream, they're back in the projects, which means they're in a state of their life that they're working on. They're married, by the way. They... Um, they're in the projects, and two people come to give them rides to work, okay? This is, again, the short version of it. But two people come to give them. One of them that gives, give, comes to give them ride is some guy. She refers to as some guy she was talking to, and one of them is her husband's family, okay? So, and, and what ends up happening is she's trying to choose between these two, and, and she ends up she doesn't end up getting a ride at all, okay? That's the dream. And there was some weird stuff about him, the guy not being a bad, guy being a bad kisser. What this dream was about was she was not feeling fulfilled in her marriage, right? She had been married for a long time. She was not feeling fulfilled in her marriage. So she had this dream that she was back in a project state, meaning the state of building, right? And she's trying to get to this place of her ideal marriage, right, of love. And so because of that, she's thinking about going off in another direction with this other guy who's, who's there offering her a ride. But then her husband's family comes, and that's the pressure of tradition to stay married because they're a Spanish family, and um, staying married, not getting divorced is an important value. Is that, is that, is that clear how that, how that would work, how it was revealing to her? By the way, at the end of that dream, she says, that she kissed the other guy, the random guy, and which would represent people that she would think, oh, maybe this can meet my need instead. She kissed him and she said he was a bad kisser. That bad kisser, that bad kissing is another warning that what you that if you go this way, it's not going to be fulfilling. So you're into dreams, you're into NDEs. Have you had any spiritual awakenings yourself? Yes. I mean, I I um I became a Christian many years ago, and that itself was a type of awakening where it was very clear to me, right? And I, what I mean when I say it was clear was I had certain experiences which I know verified uh, God, right? Like, in other words, I'm like, okay, I know this is true. That said, I don't feel... I feel like I, in the last two years, and I, I've actually noticed that a lot of people, even people who come on the show talk about this, in the last two years, the level of awakening totally changed for me, where it's more like a constant mindfulness of divinity. Like, I don't know how we were walking down, like me or any of us, how we walk down the street and look at trees and flowers and the sun, the moon, the stars, caterpillars that become butterflies, acorns that become oaks, and then act like none of this is not divine intelligence on display. And for some reason, before this, 
I knew, for example, like, okay, I've had enough experiences where God has shown me supernaturally that these things are real, but I couldn't theologically make sense of Christianity. So I was actually very confused. Now people would call me a heretic, but actually everything, what I would say is Jesus opened up the scriptures to me. So I see now that what, what, when Jesus is talking, the Christ is talking, the consciousness of human beings. And once you understand that, and that Christianity is actually universal, you actually can understand all the scriptures so much clearer and simpler. There doesn't need, there's not all this confusion. Like in John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Now, a lot of dogmatic Christianity uses that to say, like, you see that? You have to be a Christian. When you actually understand that the Christ is talking, that literally we can call it, like Neville used to call it, your imagination. So imagination says, or or your consciousness says, um, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to God but by their consciousness. Then you look out in the world and you say, right, of course. If anybody is going to come to God, they have to use their mind. They have to, like, no matter what people tell me, I have to decide within myself. So those were the type of revelations which, to be honest, have radically changed my life because it's so much deeper. It's so much deeper than the more surface sense I had in it, I had before, even though I have had a lot of profound spiritual experience. Have you had an NDE? I wouldn't classify what I had as an NDE, but I did mention to you this experience, which I had many years ago, um, where I was getting high, right? And I was smoking weed mixed with some other stuff. And I started to have like heart palpitations. And I felt like something was wrong with my body at that time, like while I was doing it. But I, but I, was, I was very broken at that time, very like sad. And so I, just, I was just doing it. I just almost didn't care. And like I said, then I started to feel the palpitations. And I, I started to feel, and I don't know how to explain this fully, like I was going to die. At that moment, I, I, a vision opened up. And I don't use that word lightly. I'm not talking about my imagination. I'm talking about something that opens and you're seeing it. So up, in the, up here on my right side, I saw the, Jesus sitting. I couldn't see his face. He was sitting on a throne in heaven. Ooh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. And then he stood up and he pointed at me. And, and he said in a thundering voice, he's mine. And as he said that, like it came down, his, the vibration as a thunder. And all of a sudden, there were all these little creatures behind me, like these, these demonic creatures. One of them was behind my back going, yeah, 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 yeah. Like almost like waiting for me to die. When he said that, immediately, like in a movie, they all, they all uh, split. They all just, you know, uh, flew away. That was probably the closest thing. Uh, I've had to an, to an NDE. Very profound experience. You've written three books. What are the titles and where can people find them? Sure. So as I said, my first book is uh, The Purpose and Power of Dreams, Learning About Ourselves by Dream Interpretation. This is where I talk about the gift and how it developed and give some examples. Uh, Dream Detective, Volume 1. Um, and, all, and, uh, and also one of my favorite that I did with my friend Esther Joy Sherry, which is Scared to Be a Butterfly. It's a story I wrote and a story my friend from Good Vibes um, illustrated. You know, she's beautifully uh, made, my, made, made the book come to life. All of them are available on Amazon. Um, I mean, people sometimes contact me for signed copies and stuff like that. We can do that too and send it to you, but they're also available uh, on Amazon. Are you publicly or professionally providing dream interpretations? Yes. Uh, People contact me via email. Uh, Sometimes they use my portfolio, which I I shared with you. Um, And they also tend to, I tend to get a lot of DMs from on Instagram, but you know, people also contact me different ways. But yeah, I do sessions, uh, one-on-one sessions with people. That's where we have these experiences I'm talking about. And I'll say this, I have been figuring out how this translates into almost, as it were, a marketable skill. 
uh, the thing I've realized is dream interpretation sessions are both coaching and counseling sessions because you go deep inside the person, you show them themselves, and then I thank God for my work. I have a good bedside manner, even though we're talking about dreams, to help them get an understanding of what's going on and then how to process it. Like with the maze dream, like, okay, you're confused about this. You know, how accepting that, how uh, becoming aware of the stress that's driving you, right? I'll give you one other interesting example of how sometimes you can point out things even for coaching. Years ago, there was a, I had a, there was a dream that this woman told me where she was in the middle of an ocean, right? She's just in the middle of an ocean and she doesn't, you know, with nothing rooting her. And then she sees this island that she wants to go to. So she puts her head down and swims as hard as she can to get there. But when she pops up, she's still in the same place. <laughs> Classic, right? One of the things I'll point out. Now, by the way, that dream is about uh, this person was, had just had a child. Did not that The father wasn't with them, uh, was working, was in college, had all this stress going on. So they didn't feel like they were rooted anywhere. They felt like they were just being tossed to and fro. And then they see an island, which means there's a goal that they, they want to go to. That's what she was trying to do. She was trying to get, a, get herself back into school, get herself an apartment for her child. Here's where the stuff like coaching comes in. The dream told me that even though she was like really pushing and putting a lot of effort, that's what the swimming is. She wasn't looking where she was going because the first thing before she started swimming, she puts her face down. So when you start to bring out some of these details, they start to show the person to themselves. Really is, is wonderful work. I'm so grateful that I get to do it. Michael, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? I want to mention, because I think it's very important, like what started me when I started writing this book, right? I started writing the book and I was like, okay, in this book, I'm going to talk about my gift of dream interpretation. And then as I actually wrote the book, I started to discover that it's not about me. It was about us, that we are all amazing, that every kid, every kid who's like, oh, you're not smart enough. That's not true. In within us, there's a genius, which I like to put, I like a phrase like this. Dreams are mysterious, meaningful, and ingenious, and we are all dreamers. Michael, thank you for that message, and thank you for being my guest. Thank you for having me on, Jeff. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara Podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.